0: and is a nationwide disaster preparedness network made up of Patriot-oriented radio operators. So Amazon am on phonetically. Mike, Romeo, Romeo, Oscar, November. This is a directed net, so please hold any traffic until that control station calls for it. Any emergency traffic may break in at any time. Covering tactics, techniques, news, technology, and concepts related to emergency and civil defense communications in support of Amron and communications in austere environments. Grid up or grid down. This is Partisan Radio. Welcome, everyone, to this volume 49 of Partisan Radio. Right now, we are at Amcon 5.0 which is the lowest threat level to our infrastructure for power and commercial communications. Uh, Please be sure to pass the Amcon level on, the most recent Amcon level on in your net preambles when you begin your nets and go to amron.com for the most updated information on the Amcon level. That's Alpha, Mike, Romeo, Romeo, Oscar, November. I have a couple of announcements here. And speaking of nets, I want to encourage you to uh, go to amron.com and make sure that you have the most updated net schedule. There is, as of a few weeks ago, there was an updated net schedule, which affects the November nets. So sometime before then, you can look at that and pencil in the updates, or you can just simply print out a new one if you wish. So uh, that is available at the National, Net, or National Scheduled Net 2019, and that would be version 1.6 in a PDF. In communications news, something that will likely affect a lot of us who are using the foreign, specifically Chinese-made radios, handheld radios, uh, they're affordable. Uh, it's a lot of radio for the money. But up till now, it has been a multi-band programmable. So you could program the unlicensed FRS. And we've always said it's not legal to transmit on FRS on a Baofeng radio, for example, uh, because of FCC rules. However, we've always encouraged people to load those frequencies in so you can at least monitor on FRS and MERS. Well, the FCC put out a notification that uh, as of, and I will read this to you, this is coming from the federalregister.gov on their documents on personal radio service reform. That was a 2017 document over two years ago, but this is apparently what is effective coming up here in just a couple of weeks. September 30th, 2019. Effective September 30th, 2019. No person shall sell or offer for sale handheld portable radio equipment capable of operating under this subpart FRS and under any other licensed or licensed by rule radio service in this chapter. Devices may be authorized under this subpart with part 15 unlicensed equipment authorizations. So if a radio can operate on the FRS frequency and any other licensed or licensed by rule radio service, it will be illegal to sell in the U.S. No more FRS-GMRS combo radios. No more Baofeng-type radios that can operate on FRS and GMRS ham or commercial bands. Uh, As long as there continues to be a huge demand, however, for cheap handy talkies, uh, this... Uh, Amron core operator uh, posted that uh, he believes the market will somehow make them available. Now, it's illegal uh, from what we can gather right now, and it's a little murky, but right now it appears that it is illegal to import them. I'm not sure about those who already have those in stock will be able to sell those on eBay or Amazon. So we're looking into that right now, but I know that they're really going after the import. But I've said this before: the the uh, emergency communications world, the ham world in particular, is pretty resilient and uh, industrious. I have a feeling that there will be a workaround for modifying these radios or doing what are called mods uh, to be able to open these up if they are closed off to FRS or any other. Banned. So uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens out there in the uh, in the radio communications world. But right now, uh, as of now, the latest information is that September thirtieth, those will it will not be legal to uh, sell those any longer. And we'll have, we'll pass on any other details that we get uh, as we get them. Now, this special report, I wanted to do a partisan radio to talk briefly about. Uh, Operation Dorian, the Category 5 Hurricane Dorian that struck last week. And I share with you a brief uh, after-action report and uh, mention some, some people that were very critical and key uh, players in Amron operations in response to this. This is the fourth hurricane that I can think of that has hit the East Coast where Amron operators have taken to the airwaves and have uh, effectively helped others in need, or at least uh, stood by as a as a lifeline to those inside the affected areas. So I want to share some of that with you today. Now, uh, I had intended to do the uh, part one and part two after action review of T-Rex 2019, as I mentioned in the last partisan radio, but this this hurricane took precedence. So uh, this is a a brief AAR or after action report of that event. And uh, the next two partisan radios, notwithstanding a real world event or some something else that would change things here. But uh, I plan on doing the T-Rex after action review part one and part two in the next two subsequent partisan radios. So thank you guys for your patience. Now, first of all, the first thing we've we've been able to implement uh, in a real world situation is the new, just new to us this summer, the Amron mobile team app. Uh, We found it to be very helpful for getting out timely information as the Amcon levels raised and also for putting out uh, tips, preparedness tips and communications tips and adjustments to uh, the communications plan. On the fly. Right now, we have about 450 subscribers to the mobile mobile app, so we're reaching a lot of people. And essentially, mostly our most uh, engaged and active radio operators have that app. But uh, there are a lot of folks that are not on that, uh, do not have that app on their mobile devices. So we want to encourage you to do that. You can go to amron.com and on the right hand side look for the logo the the Amron team app logo and uh, get that downloaded to your mobile device. We can stay in touch with you to let you know when there's updates or changes to uh, communications or nets or to the Amcon level. Now, I want to uh, put out some uh, at the risk of overlooking some some very important people. I do want to recognize some of those that uh, clearly stood out in this Operation Dorian. There were several Amron core operators and uh, who tapped into their experience dealing with real world emergencies uh, as Amron members, and they rose to the occasion once again. And like a well-oiled machine, the operators rose to the occasion. So uh, this is where you don't have real world emergencies to respond to. You have training. So uh, that's something that the Amarone Operations Advisory Committee and myself have been discussing developing realistic, real world training uh, on a quarterly basis, even if they're just a two hour, a four hour, or a six hour quarterly exercise that focuses on a specific task or a mode or something that we use. But uh, also, a, a realistic training scenario that would uh, allow us to mobilize in various different regions. Right now, we have the most experienced real-world Amaron experience in the Southeast because of the hurricanes. But we do have flooding, we have uh, uh, earthquakes and wildfires and other disasters that could affect other parts of the country that don't have the experience to respond like that proverbial well-oiled machine. So uh, we're hoping to do that, and uh, that is ongoing right now. There's discussions taking place about the type of training that we want to start implementing uh, right away, beginning uh, this fall. So I want to recognize, uh, first of all, at the top, the very top, I would say Papa Romeo Whiskey from the uh, CSRA SIGSEN. They activated a virtual SIGSEN, which means they did not deploy together and set up antennas in a Uh, field portable environment. They each operated from their homes. uh, So they have their stations all dialed in and working well. They have internet. Uh, They can still take care of family matters and uh, real world work situations and so on, but they're uh, able to work on a rotating basis. And if something, you know, if the the, uh, emergency escalates, uh, they could uh, dedicate themselves to strictly just communications, but I wouldn't say the comfort of their home, but it is the comfort of their home plus all their equipment and tools and everything they need is right there. So it makes the most sense for them to stay put. Uh, There were times when internet-based communications went down and they were able to switch over to uh, VHF ham radio to coordinate with one another. So that worked really well. But the person in charge of that was, um, I said, Papa Romeo whiskey. Uh, uh, Let me... uh, back up and correct myself, Uh, although I do want to mention him in just a moment. It was Foxtrot Quebec 01, Foxtrot Quebec 01 from the uh, CSRA SIGSEN on the uh, Georgia-South Carolina border, and he worked tirelessly around the clock. He's he's definitely one of uh, the most experienced operators in Amron in terms of activating in response to real-world situations, so uh, he demonstrated great leadership and organizational skills, getting everyone together. Uh, he had Echo Charlie Zero Seven uh, as the ace, and I'm almost I'm certain that's that's correct. Uh, as the analysis and control element, handling raw information, turning that into processed and analyzed intelligence. It was also in contact with Fox Company from the Forward Observer and PrepperNet, sharing a lot of information and kind of compiling that for the SIGSEN uh, and, uh, so, so that Foxtrot Quebec Zero 01 could make informed decisions and pass those reports on up. And uh, they did produce, as they're, as they are supposed to, produce an IES, or an Initial Event Summary. Uh, everything they knew about the situation in a summary form, Uh, to share with the rest of the network and uh, others that might be coming online. So that was very helpful. Foxtrot Quebec 01 definitely uh, shined in his role in this situation. So we're really grateful for him and the rest of the team at the uh, CSRA SIGSEN. Bravo 65 was kind of uh, our designated uh, weather specialist uh, tracking uh, using software programs that we want to share with you guys in a posting on amron.com that would be helpful for you tracking incidents, particularly weather, uh, breaking weather incidents in real time and being able to report that. So Bravo 6.5 headed up that effort. Uh, although the, the CSRA SIGSEN had some very powerful tools that they used as well. So for for uh, redundancy as a backup, Bravo 65 was right there providing uh, some weather information that the, the uh, CSRA SIGSAN uh, didn't have access to. And that worked both ways. The SIGSAN also had uh, real-time weather in their local area uh, that uh, nobody else was aware of. So this was a great team effort. Uh, Romeo Hotel 1 4 did a great job running NCS. He and several others who were who stepped up to the task. And I want to say hats off to you guys who worked around the clock tirelessly, they kept uh, operations going uh, 24 7. And then also, Papa Romeo Whiskey did an amazing job with scheduling. Uh, He is he has advanced organizational skills that we have all come to appreciate. So he helped to uh, schedule the net control stations and make sure that all of these slots were filled and, and to work with them and the SIGSAN to make sure that there was not just operators inside the affected area, but outside the area as a regional support team of net control stations that were filling those scheduled slots. So I really appreciate all of those guys, the ones that came to the top of my mind, and please forgive me if I've overlooked anyone because there were there was this is a large team of a lot of people. But the ones that I was working with and, and, and directly saw their demonstration of leadership was Bravo 6 Foxtrot Quebec Zero 01 at the top of the list, undoubtedly. Bravo 65, critically helpful in North Carolina there in the uh, effect near the affected areas. Echo Charlie Zero 07. Romeo Hotel 1-4, and last but definitely not least, Papa Romeo Whiskey, helping to organize that effort. So thank you, everyone, uh, that was involved in that. This was extremely, extremely uh, encouraging to see, once again, Amron operators, in this case, uh, I think they're all Amron core operators, rising to the occasion. Now, I do want to share with you just a couple of these that you can write down but this is also going to be included in a part in a posting at com. but there are some some of the tools that they used for uh tracking weather and these are software programs many of them you pay for and uh, we are going to rate these in the posting as far as the usefulness and uh the cost uh, which ones are more affordable than others and compare that to the uh, features of each of these uh, in a brief, I guess, a summarized form so you can determine what might be uh, useful for you in your area. Uh, the first one is Storm Lab. Storm Lab. It's, uh, it's software. All these are software produced by a company called Interwarn. Interwarn. W A R N. Interwarn. The next one is GRS Level 2. Uh, very good software. Uh, this is all downloadable. You install it and you operate it. But they do tie into their server. So internet is necessary. But what's helpful with this is that these software programs can be used by operators outside the impacted area who do have access to the internet, who can pull down inform- weather information in real time from these servers, and then using radio or unconventional communications, uh send or relay this weather information right away into the impacted areas so that those radio operators inside the affected areas who might be grid down can stay informed of weather developments. So this is really, really helpful. There's another Android app called Radar Scope. Uh, that some of the operators found to be really useful. And another one by N3FJP, that's an FCC call sign, and that's the name of his software. It's called Weather Weather Warn by N3FJP. Uh, that gives audible warnings as well. And you can customize that by state and even by county. Uh, you can really narrow that down to tornado warnings, uh, wind gusts, flash floods, any type of uh, uh immediately breaking weather information, the Amron operators were getting information and relaying it before it was coming out over the National Weather Service. So this was uh, very, very helpful. There were, in this particular case, there were no rescues like the uh, previous uh, hurricane last fall uh, where uh, Amron operators were able to Aid in facilitating the rescue of uh, stranded families uh, in flood waters and flash flood areas where water was rising and people were on their roofs. Uh, In this case, uh, this was strictly, although we were standing by ready to receive emergency traffic, this was health and welfare traffic. Checking on there was four families being tracked uh, by Amron operators. Either they were Amron operators themselves or loved ones of. Amron operators that are outside the area with friends or family inside the impacted zones. One family in Florida and three in North Carolina. Uh, Of course, you guys remember Gulf 8 Romeo in Wilmington, North Carolina. Once again, they were in the path of yet another hurricane. So we were in contact with them as well. We do use uh, what we call the ZNet. It is a walkie-talkie app that Amron core operators stay in continuous contact with each other, sharing information and coordinating with one another. That is an internet-based service. Because of the hurricane, the high volume of traffic that was going through this Zello service, this Zello walkie-talkie app, uh, with all of the thousands and tens of hundreds of thousands of people affected by the hurricane. Uh, The Zello servers became so overloaded with traffic that they actually became, they went down. The Zello servers went down for at least an hour. So after speaking with Foxtrot, after speaking with Foxtrot Quebec 01, uh, he said that as soon as that happened, they immediately, everybody in the SIGSAN and those that they were operating with, uh, switched over to ham radio. And once again, when all else fails, there's ham radio. Uh, One of the things that came out of this is uh, Amron probably needs to develop a weather uh, reporting branch, if you will, a designated chief weather officer. We've got some very talented uh, and some even professional currently or retired uh, uh, meteorologists and a lot of amateur, as in they don't do it for a living meteorologists who use a lot of advanced software. Uh, It's a hobby to them, but they're extremely skilled and they have some very powerful tools that can help us with this. So uh, that's something that we're going to be looking at here for future events as we see more and more extreme weather situations develop. So we will watch that. As I mentioned earlier, each SIGSEN or a net control station operator or a backbone operator, uh, your tier four, five, and six level. Amron core operators should be developing an initial event summary. We call it an IES. That's uh, a, a brief summary of what you know about the situation uh, for folks that uh, may uh, coming back from a camping trip and there's some grid down emergency. They flip on the radio. They tune into the nets to find out what's going on. They should be able to get an initial event summary at the onset of a disaster. This is just a brief bring you up to speed. This is what we know. This is what's happening right now so that there's a, a, understanding of everything that we know in terms of the level of the disaster that we're up against. So they produced their IES exactly as they are supposed to. And uh, this was from the CSRA, which is the Central Savannah River area. This is right on the Georgia-South Carolina border. And uh, what they, at the time, when they in, uh, initially issued this IES, uh, what was known to them was Hurricane Dorian is at a Category 5, passing over the Abacos Islands in the Bahamas, moving west at 5 miles an hour. Maximum sustained winds are 185 miles an hour. Minimum central pressure, 910 MB. Various warnings and watches have been issued by the National Weather Service. So that quickly brings everybody up to speed. Uh, If there's information not included in this report, Uh, please create a sit rep or stat rep and send it to this station. So they also provided instructions for those operators that are tuning in to begin uh, sending in initial stat reps. This was something that was required uh, during T-Rex and during subsequent training uh, in the future. This is something that we will incorporate. It is a baseline knowledge of what going on out there and the status of the stations that are coming up on the air. So uh, these instructions are for the operators who maybe have not taken the initiative, which they should, but if they don't, they're reminded to create an initial stat rep. And that is uh, sent in to uh, the net control station. In the impacted areas, we need to know who has power, who has lights, uh, who is still has a pulse and to let us know. So that way we know where stations are so we can check on them as the situation changes or intensifies and becomes more dangerous. We at least know where as a starting point where we had operators and when we heard from them last. That helps us track those folks down for health and welfare traffic in the future and to be able to keep track of folks to, uh, to focus our efforts if we knew there was a couple stations in an area that was impacted and we've lost contact with them, to double our efforts to try to make contact with them again to check on them to see if they need assistance and to be a lifeline to those folks in um, in those affected areas. So they produced their IES. I don't have time to go through the, the whole thing because I want to share something also is a uh, after action report on Dorian operations from Romeo Hotel One Four, which is one of our net control operators. A great operator, great, uh, just a great person, and uh, and a patriot who has uh, is fairly new to Amron Core, but he has dove in head first, and uh, is one of my. Favorite people to hear on the air now, and he works uh, just really hard to make sure that Amron is effective. But he was doing voice nets, and uh, we found some some issues that we were trying to overcome, and that's with the voice. But his overview of the virtual Sigsen, he pointed out some advantages. There's no need to set up a station, assuming one has a shack, what we call a ham shack. Uh, it could be a corner in your garage. It could be uh, the, the kitchen table, if that's where you've got all your communications gear set up, but it's where, wherever you have your communications gear set up permanently, where you operate, everything's dialed in. You're not continuously setting stuff up, taking it back down. Where you operate permanently from is your shack. The other advantage is personal, physical needs are already in place and time is saved since there's no need to pack up and travel. Let me break there. This is a great thing, and this has been used. Virtual SigSends or or operators operating from their home QTH is the most common way to conduct emergency communications during a real-world disaster. However, we have deployed operators to field deployable uh, environments, so it is it is important that we do continue to train to do that. But in most cases... The operators are right there at home, and there is a huge advantage if you can operate from home. But We still want to be able to be capable and train up to going field portable if you're forced to. You don't want to ever have not done it because most cases you're able to stay home. Uh, Number two, able to integrate home responsibilities easily with communication responsibilities. Great point. Number three, if a real event, no need to travel in potentially chaotic or dangerous conditions. Now The disadvantages, uh, the close real-time discussions and problem-solving between team members is lost. Uh, Very true. During the uh, T-Rex exercises where we, at the national level, we deploy to a remote location to a different place each time, and we have to set up antennas and computers and power and everything else uh, so that we are able to do that if we need to. And one of the advantages of doing that is you are all right there next to each other. You can quickly resolve problems and uh, work through things to uh, find solutions when challenges come up. That's a huge advantage. Number two, uh, the disadvantage of operating as a virtual SIGSEN. If a real event some uh, if if this is a real event, some team members may be in potentially dangerous conditions and not able to effectively join in on the ops. Number three, if a real event, group defense or immediate mutual assistance is lost. Uh, We can possibly assemble and operate in a safer location. So in terms of personal security, this harkens back to the bug out or shelter in place argument. It's really dependent on what is occurring. And as I've said, as we say in the military, the, the, the situation on the ground is going to determine your tactics. So, uh, in terms of team non radio commo, uh, they depended heavily on the ZNet. It worked well for this, but if no internet, this resource is gone. And as we saw, the ZNet was lost for over an hour. That internet based walkie talkie app communications was lost. So, they had a backup. They fell back to their VHF communications uh, over ham radio and they were able to continue uh, communicating. Digital ops comments in general the procedures and schedules in the soi seem to work well the integration of the tri-mode programs provide for pretty effective commo now if you're fairly new and you don't know what tri-mode means it means you're running three different digital modes digital software programs that we use for digital communications uh, over the radio at the same time simultaneously and uh, you can learn more about that by going to amron.com and just typing digital in the search box. You see several articles and white papers on digital communications and uh, to include uh, the mentioning of tri-mode or operating three different modes at the same time. Each of these modes have different strengths and weaknesses. And there's a reason why we use these different modes. But that is going to be cleaned up and addressed here shortly. This fall, uh, we are going to be uh, already been having some discussions about that. So more on that to come. Personally, being alone, I learned a lot about working with digital since I had to work both digital and phone, which is voice. So some of the improvements he noted uh, are possibly set up schedules or watches for team members. Number two, refine the antenna to antenna digital combo procedures with regard to team operations coordination. So let's talk about voice communications. We've struggled with this lately with the solar cycle that we're in, and we're in the bottom, in the trough of that, where phone or voice communications is mostly abysmal. Unless an operator has the power to run uh, 500, 1,000, 1,500 watts on a amplifier, which oftentimes requires 210 volts uh, or quite a bit more power than just what your batteries, uh, your battery bank is going to produce. I should say your typical battery bank. So his comments on voice or phone operations a bit better than T-Rex, but still not very effective. This is due to several reasons. One, more difficult mode of commo than digital, due to physical difficulty of hearing voice. It is true, though noise levels are high, and uh, the voice is right at the noise levels. Very difficult to to make it out, unlike digital communications. Uh, okay, B. The need, in his opinion, is different operating procedures than currently set up by the SOI. And we're looking at that. That's why we've held off on producing the, more, uh, the next version four of the SOI. There's still some things that we want to hammer out and discuss before we make a permanent, long-lasting decision as far as what the next version of the SOI is going to be, uh, only to discover later that, oops, we should have considered this and we didn't. So now we need to change again. So we're trying to avoid that. Uh, AMRO needs to decide if they want to try to improve phone commo over current the current state. Yes, of course, we do want to improve that. And we're discussing ways of doing that. Uh, if yes, we need to set up a working group to address the procedural improvements, which uh, is informally happening. But uh, we need to formalize that. Uh, there's a lot to address, such as frequencies used, transmit and listen times and schedules, specific individual operator watches, data dissemination and integration with digital. I believe phone can be used as an effective tool for emergency commo, but we are not there yet. And I would agree. Uh, these are all growing pains. We're, we're growing and learning. We've done a lot of very effective things on the air in real world situations. And in every single one of them, we've identified shortcomings. We've fixed some of those. Some of those we still have not because um, we just haven't implemented those fixes yet, or we're still trying to find best practices to address those issues uh, where we've identified shortcomings. Anyway, uh, that will wrap up this volume of Partisan Radio. I want to thank you guys all who were on the air participating thank you all for your training and i look very much forward to meeting up with the uh, amron core operators in the american redoubt this weekend for a raspberry pi computer building party which is really a social event a great time to meet those uh, so many people in amron have developed very strong bonds and friendships and uh, many of those uh, I consider dear friends and I look forward to seeing them and I know all of you look forward to seeing each other and I look forward to finally meeting and shaking hands with those that I have not had the honor to meet yet so with that we're off to a great weekend you guys all take care be safe uh, stay on the air keep improving and uh, we will see you there on the nets on the air this is John Jacob Schmidt 73 out (laughs) As ready, trained communicators, right up to the present time, radio hams have been busy every single minute. The ever-increasing group of radio amateurs who have equipped themselves at their own expense with two-way radio sets by amateurs who saw their opportunity to render a public service and paid off for Americans in trouble.